585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hi, hello, and welcome to our Healing the Whole Person weekly uh, show. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest today. Before I introduce him, um, I want to introduce myself. I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh, and our host today is Kyle Clement. Um, he was a featured speaker last October at Marytown at our Healing the Whole Person conference. He spoke on our vulnerabilities and spiritual warfare and the Blessed Mother, and he'll be our speaker again at our conference upcoming October 27th and 28th at Marytown um, 2017. Kyle Clement is uh, from the Pope Leo Thirteenth Institute, um, and he has devoted the past 15 years to facilitating and training exorcists in the Roman Catholic Church. He's married and has three children and seven grandchildren, and today he's going to speak to us about a subject many of you requested in your survey responses, soul ties. And I must admit, I know very little about soul ties. And the few things I've read, uh, I read one description of two pieces of wood being glued together and then breaking them apart the next day. That gave me a clue that they're pretty strong attachments. But Kyle, I'd like to turn it over to you, and would you tell us about soul ties, what they are, and what are the symptoms of them? Um, thank you, Joan. I, I think that, first of all, to talk about the the term soul tie uh, comes to us not out of Catholic tradition, but the concept is very Catholic. And so in a soul tie, using that uh, modern language, is where two souls are joined um, through uh, association and sometimes formalized, sometimes informalized. And so let's talk about a righteous, uh, righteous soul ties. Um, when it talks about a man shall leave his mother and father, cling to his wife, and form their own household, this is a soul tie. It's based upon vocation. Vocation gives rise to tying souls in community, to one another, um, in families. And so you see how much, how important right order is. One of the most common ways that souls become tied or yoked together or bound is through the conjugal union. The conjugal union is the first is a uh, manifestation of the first blessing that God gave to Adam and Eve, saying, "Go forth and multiply." In that act, we are procreated. We are most like God. That act is relegated to a sacramental marriage. When it occurs outside the sacramental marriage, it is an abomination of the act. The conjugal union is a spiritual event, and it will be attended by spirits, holy or unholy. To be very frank and very straightforward, conjugal union outside the confines or outside a sacramental marriage is an unholy act. I don't care how much lust is involved or how much love is involved, the Holy Spirit can't be there. It's an unrighteous act. And so the souls then are united 
in this conjugal union, and that act is attended by unholy spirits. When you look at it that way, you start to see that many spirits are, are present to souls even from conception. In fact, the soul's very first response, its first sensory input, its very first experience is its mother's reaction to it in the womb. A woman cannot be ambivalent when she finds out she's pregnant. She can't be indifferent. That's the very first emotion, that's the very first sensation that the soul experiences. And then the that then the development and, and sensory contact with the mother and the father goes from there. I don't want to spend too much time on that because there's other types of soul ties. Uh, conspiracy. Conspiracy to commit sin. Um, anytime two people conspire to break a commandment, this forms a soul tie, an unholy union. The holy union is when people conspire to give glory to God. You look at the soul ties of Paul Meeke and companions or others who are martyred in groups. You look at the soul, righteous soul ties of religious orders where people leave their families and they enter the cloister and the great shuts not to open again. And so they've given their lives and they've united their souls to a religious order or to a vocation. And this sets them on a pilgrim journey with other pilgrims where their souls are united in a righteous way. So these are, these are uh, this is kind of a flyover, if you will, for soul ties. So the, the familial bonds, bonds of family, bonds of association, can tie our souls together. And what happens is, is if we part, or if we decide, uh, if we go through a conversion experience, or we, we go through these profound spiritual experiences, and decide to make a firm amendment of our life and change our direction and live for God, our previous associations are going to come back to haunt us. They're going to come back to um, be a millstone around our neck until we break those soul ties, we renounce, reject, and rebuke those associations and leave that old life behind, becoming a new creature in Christ. I think St. Paul also mentions this in Corinthians when he talks about bad uh, bad company corrupts good morals, meaning uh, that if you if you run with a bad crowd, you will start to pick up their attributes. You probably won't convert them, but they will probably corrupt you. Tell me, I just clarify for myself. Um, so the the repercussions of a of a bad sexual union or of an out-of-wedlock sexual union or a sinful sexual union will be with us until we repent of them, till we confess them, till we... Yeah, we. you must go, uh, you, you confess and you're forgiven of the sin, but the temporal effects of the sin still have to be addressed. And so in the soul time, what happens is if you come into a marriage and you are not a virgin, if you are not pure, if you are not chaste, then all your previous experiences now come into the um, into the nuptial bedroom, come into the to the act. And so for many people modernly, the, the uh, honeymoon is an extremely crowded event. This is an enormous, this is an enormous amount of information for, for anybody that doesn't know a lot about soul ties. And so my question then would be, like, what are we going to do? I, You know, I mean, 
if a person has had multiple sexual partners, and how is she going to um, get released from the effects of this? And, and it's a good concern. And I think that what you do is you have to reclaim purity as much as possible through the concepts of reparation, through the concepts of vigorously pursuing purity and chastity, and recognizing that these ties need to be broken um, and they need to be renounced. And any thought, especially any physical memorabilia, any... Um, any physical item that is a, a reminder of that relationship or that association has to be uh, done away with. The thought, do not entertain the thought of this previous person or relationship, and certainly don't tell the story. Um, this is a, a part of the past that you're really wanting to scrub from your psyche and from your spirit because previous partners are, each one of them is an STD. It is a spiritually transmitted defect that will militate against the purity of your marriage. And ultimately what it does is it militates against the purity of your, your gift, your sacrifice. Now, I'm also speaking to young people who will enter religious life. For a priest to enter seminary or, or to enter the priesthood with carnal knowledge of a woman, this is an infidelity. This is this is a previous liaison that must be addressed because the desire for carnal knowledge of a woman and the desire for that type of skin contact uh, is a very poignant thing, and it's a very difficult thing to be brought into a religious order or into um, into seminary, for that matter. Um, that are, these are areas we need to be aware of and that we need to seek spiritual guidance and be cleansed of. Okay, so my, my real then bottom line question is how do we actually become cleansed of the effects? Good, long, deep retreat with someone who is knowledgeable in this area. Um, I think that this is a good topic to go deeper into um, but good spiritual direction, exculpatory, reparatory devotion. Um, the idea of reparation is one that's distasteful to us and one that we, we don't really embrace, but especially in this 100-year anniversary of Fatima where reparation was central to Our Lady's message. I think that to understand and, and bring back some old words that we've dropped out of usage, such as compunction, um, such as reparation, such as the understanding of the damage that our sin does, not only to us, but to the mystical body of Christ, which is ultimately the best expression of a soul tie, is to be mystically joined to the other uh, devotees, Christians, and those who seek to live their life for Christ. Um, Kyle, can you are you soul tied to people other than sexually? Certainly, certainly. Uh, your confreres in a religious order. Um, anytime you go through trauma, anytime you go through things, this is one of the basis for military uh, association and friendships that run so deep. Is that men are going go through very trying and traumatic times. They survive these times. Um, the uh, martyrdom type experiences. These experiences tie souls together. Okay, that helps. Um, would you confess the sin of s sinfulness but not tell it to your spouse? 
I think that that's part of your spiritual direction. I mean, ultimately, you've got to get to every sin being a confession of a first commandment transgression. It is an infidelity to God. And so soul ties are made when souls join together and either turn toward God or away from God. That's the clearest way to articulate how a soul tie is developed. So there may not be anything to be gained by admitting to your um, your spouse uh, that you've been unfaithful. Leave that to your spiritual director because ultimately what has to happen is you have to work out your infidelity with God and do reparation for your infidelity with God. Okay, that helps. So um, this is going to be a good place to to wind down this segment of the show. And we have a studio audience here, and they have some questions. So when we come back, Kyle, we'd like to uh, give you a few of their questions. Okay. Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Steve Angrisano. I think Catholic Radio is so important to the culture of our communities and our church because, really, uh, I know in my own family, we listen to Catholic Radio in the car with the kids. It brings up things that we can talk about. It allows our faith to be not just a Sunday faith, but an everyday faith, and I think that's so important. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated.
Hello, and welcome back. We're going to continue with our discussion of soul ties, and we're going to go fast and furious here because you have so many questions our studio audience is giving us. First off, um, we have here, how do we recognize when we have unholy soul ties to one of our parents, and how do we break those? Kyle? Um, How do we recognize when we have an unholy soul tie? I think that one of the prayers that is really effective here is, Lord, by your Eucharistic presence within me, remove all that is not of you. Um, The Lord does not do anything randomly. He sent your soul specifically to the family, the ethnicity, the time, and the culture where it would have the most effect in his salvific plan, not only for you, but for others. And so what it amounts to is, what you want to do is, is, is... cleanse whatever soul ties there, make righteous that which is not righteous, make straight that which is crooked. And so you pray for forgiveness and in reparation and that any and all associations be cleansed or canceled. And so in the familial associations, um, your soul tie with your parents is supposed to be and intended to be a pristine relational authority extension from God Almighty. And if it is not that, then you pray that um, whatever may have happened, whatever may have happened to your parents, that you're willing to offer your suffering and reparation to cleanse that soul tie, which was intended to be a good one. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Another question from our studio audience. A young woman was consecrated to the evil one at an early age and now has multiple personalities. uh, How can we pray for her to dispel the, the evil ties? Well, you want to bring her into the Catholic Church so that she can receive the graces that are available to her through the ministry of exorcism, um, and because these are formalized ties and consecrations. And so what they're going to do is go through a series of formulate prayers and start to integrate her with a Catholic mental health professional, start to integrate her personalities, because ultimately they're going to find unification and reintegration in the light of Christ, uh, in the sacred heart. And so this gives a location and a locus uh, for them to be reunited and to understand for her to join her suffering to the sacred heart. Beautiful. Thank you, Kyle. Um, Another question is, can material things cause soul ties? Material things rarely cause soul ties, but they do cause attachments. And so the demon is going to look for unholy attachments or inordinate attachments to things. Uh, We end up being possessed by our possessions. Mm. So true, so true. You think of our kids and grandkids that are on the the, uh, iPhones and the, you know, the video games and all that. They're totally attached. I hate to see that. Um, another question. Can you have soul ties through watching indecent movies? Okay, that's not a soul tie. Again, that's an attachment. And okay. so it's it's going to be a weakness. It's going to allow the demon to be present to you. Um, any kind of inordinate attachment. We need to foster what St. Ignatius of Loyola talked about, holy detachment. And it's a daily inventory of what holds me here to this earth. What are the things that I would want to take with me? And as you know, uh, you can't take anything with you. So any attachment, anything that would cause you to be as Lot's wife and look over your shoulder at the past life, that's going to be an attachment that holds you bound to this earth. That's a good review at the end of every day, isn't it? It's an excellent part of your examination of conscience is, 
and you're going to find that most of the things that offend you are possession-related. Uh, it's an idea that you have a possessory interest or that you have some type of authority, which, in fact, you do not have. Um, another question here. Does an annulment void soul tie? Okay, the soul tie is established by the conjugal union. Now, if the conjugal union is within the, a sacramental marriage, then it's a healthy soul tie. It's a righteous use of the conjugal union. But the annulment goes to the status. It, it just declares that your marriage was, in fact, invalid. It was a nullity. But it does not cancel the physical effect because uh, oftentimes there are children which are a physical manifestation of the conjugal act which occurred in this relationship. So, n no, the, null the nullity, the declaration of nullity is not going to address the soul tie. Um, if your husband had affairs when you were married and then died, do you need to do anything? Absolutely. You need to live the rest of your life in righteous widowhood, praying for his soul and the souls of those women um, or, or whoever he had the affairs with, because you're turning this inside out and doing reparation and praying for his sin and for um, the stain and taint on his soul. This is your this is your path to sainthood. And so embrace this and go after this mili very militantly. So is it possible to be free of soul ties? It's possible to be free of unholy soul ties. It may be in the case of, of some of the very um, recluse uh, desert fathers to be free of all soul ties, but we are a, uh, we're a society. We're part of the mystical body of Christ. And so you do want to have holy soul ties in the pilgrim church and into and to others who are seeking Christ. Good soul ties. Correct. Yeah, but bad soul ties. I mean, this seems to me is something that we can review every day as a Catholic Christian. Back to St. Paul. Who are you going to associate with? Jesus himself says that he says, who is my family? Who are, the, who are my brothers and my sisters, those who keep God's commandments? And so Jesus constantly asks us to reorder our soul ties, reorder our families, reorder our familial associations, and are they taking us closer to God the Father? Um, another question, Kyle. Does association with orders such as the Masons create soul ties either on yourself or on your parents? It Yes, uh, secret society and societies that militate against the church, such as Freemasonry, um, they do absolutely create soul ties. These are these are so, uh, ties of fraternity that are unholy. And this year, I think, is important to realize there's so many things. This is the 300-year anniversary of the establishment of the Grand Orient Lodge of the Freemasons. The Holy Father came out, first of all, in 1738 with the first papal encyclical, and there has been an uninterrupted stance against Freemasonry and secret society since that time, and it inures to this day. A Catholic may not be a Freemason. Mm -hmm. And yet it's, it's so rampant in our culture, more than we even realize. 
I think it's very pervasive, especially in the United States. Um, but it is it is a in the in the context of soul ties. This is an unrighteous authority which asks the man to and or woman to place their association with the brotherhood with the lodge ahead of even their marriage, ahead of their church, ahead of everything else. And so your first allegiance is to the brotherhood, um, which is an unholy soul tie, an unholy paternal association. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm thinking, all right, so what about my grown children? How can I, I mean, maybe they're experiencing soul ties, maybe some bad soul ties. How how can I see if they, how can I, does it, does it will it, what evidence will will there be for me to understand that they might have soul ties and that I how could I and that I could pray for them for those I think that the prayer is the light of Christ's prayer Lord shine your light into their hearts illumine their minds and and let them see themselves as you see them but your intercessor here is Saint Anne Saint Anne is the quasi-essential grandmother she's the, the quasi-essential mother because she knew when to give Mary to the Lord and walk away. It's the walking away. We have oftentimes unhealthy relationships with our adult children because we still relate to them as if they were children and as if we were the parent of a child. Mary does is a, a beautiful exemplar in that she's with Christ through 33 years of life, but she transitions from mother to to follower, to Christian. She makes the transition of how to to stop being the mother and start being a woman present to him. And he acknowledges this even at Cana. But to, to transition and to develop, let our children develop and to treat them as adults and our relationships with them, you know, for 18 years we're their, their parent and then for another 50 to 60 years, if we're lucky, we're still having an ongoing association with them. But we have to, to allow their image to mature in our minds. We have to allow that to happen and pray for them in these various stations of their life. So for my own personal life, that is a huge, um, a huge thing to detach enough from my children being a mother to my children to allow them to make their mistakes and to go down these paths that may not be right for them and just to pray for them. Correct. And, I mean, experientially, all of us know this who are parents. Um, We watch mistakes happen. We watch them make choices that we wouldn't make. But um, I think you're going to be very hard-pressed to find the mother or the father who says, you know, I mentioned to my son, I wish you wouldn't do that. And he said, snap, Dad, I'm going to change my life. You're right. I'm wrong. It's I got it lined out now. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't it's not happen. human nature. I think is the bottom line prayer, is that the bottom line for all of this, to it bring is, it all to Jesus? It is prayer. But I, I also want to, before we leave the children thing, is to understand that oftentimes our advice works in the counter. Because when we 
are so invested in them doing a particular thing, living in a particular place, going to a particular school, having a particular job, when we're so invested in it, there's almost a subconscious pushback on their part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because then if they do choose that, it's not really their choice. And so I think that to to pray constantly that, that the light of Christ be poured into their life and that they see themselves as Christ sees them and that we see them as Christ sees them. I think that's very important. That's a beautiful thought, to see them as Christ sees them. Because he sees them totally well and with full love and fulfillment. Absolutely. And my children... my children are better parents than I was. My my children are better people than I was. Um, I I'm watching in them and admiring in them so many things. And if I were critical, that would be closed off. That wonderment and that joy would be closed off. Sure. And and so um, it's very easy to be critical. It's very difficult to be affirming. Now I'm not talking about the false affirmation, but um, that type of relationship is is uh, to be fostered. Um, we um, we want we have a, about a few seconds left. Uh, the retreat um, at Mundelein Seminary is coming in October. If you like what you've heard today, Kyle will be speaking for two days, October twenty seventh and twenty eighth, uh, at Mundelein Seminary in Libertyville, Illinois. Please come, sign up, call us, 224-206-8455. You can sign up now for the conference, and you can also ask for prayers. We do pray for people here. And Kyle, would you just say a quick little blessing because we're at the end of the show. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to touch one another. May we continue to pray for one another, be aware for one another, and do reparation for one another. In Christ's most holy name, amen. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455.